Welcome to the Principles of Success, interviewing the experts, and today's book review is The Accidental Superpower. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So I really enjoyed this book. Part of it is because it's new information a lot of the books that I cover, I've read like three or four times or have read a hundred other books on the same subject. So this was just fun for me to learn new stuff, but also it's just a really fascinating subject. And kind of the premise of this book is, so the author is a geopolitical expert. In fact, he's one of the, I'll just go with world-renowned geopolitical experts. And his main focus is on uh, population demographics and how terrain, environment, shapes geopolitics. And that's what the author's expertise is on. And this book, its main focus is on basically how America's geography and demographics made it the superpower of the world and also what is going to be happening in the future of, because this book was written a while back, the late future of 2022 and everything that's happening right now. That's the other part that I really enjoyed about this book because he wrote this book back um, back when Obama was president. And some of the things he talks about are predictions of what's going to happen to different countries and um, all sorts of fun stuff. And one of the best, uh, one of the most iconic predictions he made is by... 2022, Russia is going to have to invade Ukraine. And we'll get into the reasons be behind that as we go throughout this book. And depending on how much I ramble, because I really enjoyed this book, this might be a two-parter. So, uh, let's get going. So, the first two main premises of this book is that land affects power. If you're surrounded by mountains, doing outside trade is going to be harder. And the second one is, post-World War II, the U.S. was the only one standing. Every, every other world power had been obliterated. U.S. was all that was left. So, and we'll come back to that second one. First, let's talk about land and power. A country wants two things. It wants easy transportation within and hard boundaries without. And the easiest transportation is water, rivers. And some of the hardest um, boundaries are mountains. But let's go all the way back to the dawn of time. Egypt was one of the first nations to rise because its environment was perfect. It had the lovely Nile to make agriculture super easy and transportation up and down to transport the goods that are in the Egyptian empire really easy. And it had a really hard boundary that was nearly impossible to cross called the desert. And this worked great until we domesticated camels and then once camels were domesticated, Egypt spent pretty much all of history, all the way up to the modern age, being enslaved to more powerful nations because their hard boundary disappeared. Another example were the Ottomans. The Ottomans had amazing transportation within, and then they had access to the Mediterranean Sea, 
which was great for um, doing trade with pretty much all of Europe. And they were in the way of all of Europe doing trade with Asia. So Europeans wanted Asian goods. Asians wanted European goods. And the Ottoman Empire was a very powerful block between the two. So they became very wealthy by dictating trade. He doesn't mention this, but my favorite ancient empire was actually the Venetians. They had a really hard city to invade because it was a swamp in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. So, and this was before boats were, most most nations didn't have good boats. So they were like, hey, come, come get us. And then they were just really good at shipbuilding. So they owned the entire Mediterranean Sea from a tiny little swamp town. And they bullied all of Europe and Asia for all the way up until the Ottomans became a big issue. Anyway, the Ottomans collapsed because Portugal invented deep water. So now sailors could go out into the ocean instead of just uh, zipping around on the coasts. But Portu And Portugal became really powerful because they were the inventors. But the British were way better sailings. They were the king of sailing. So once deep water became a thing, they conquered the world because they were really good sailors. And then they had all of this excess capital and resources from conquering the world that they were then able to inter uh, they were then able to invent the industrial revolution. However, there was a nation better at the industrial revolution than the British. But we'll come back to them in a sec. Because the British were so good at sailing, they conquered the whole world, had a lot of trade opportunity. They had the Industrial Revolution, so they started producing like mad. So they had all of these cheap goods that they were then able to force down the throats of pretty much the whole world for a good period of time until other nations were able to start industrializing. And there was a couple, two in particular, that were just really good. One of them's America. Uh, in fact, America had the second industrial revolution, including things like in interchangeable parts. However, that's not where the focus is quite yet. We're going to focus on Germany. Germany sucked. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. For, for most of history, Germany sucked. It was a really rough geographic place to be. It sucked defensively, and it was excellent for commerce. commerce. Meaning that the Germans had to become really tough, really efficient, because... Everyone wanted to invade them. And because of this, the Industrial Revolution was perfect for them. They industrialized better than pretty much any other nation, besides maybe America, but we'll come back to that. And that's how they went from a backwater, super weak nation to being the industrial powerhouse that then shook the world in two successive world wars. They were like, eh, we'll fight you all, because we're used to fighting you all, and now... We have trains. So the British might disappear due to Germany's capability of being more better at industri in the Industrial Revolution. Blah, blah, blah. So as you see, different technologies and different... As, as different 
technologies come up, the base of internal transportation, hard boundaries, gets switched up. Egypt had hard boundaries until camels. England had hard transportation until deep water, because they're an island. Germany was screwed until steam engines. Now let's talk about America. America was perfect. America has the most perfect water system in the entire globe. If you want to know how ridiculous America's river system is, Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is dead center of the continent, is effectively a river port or a is effectively a ocean port because we have such lovely rivers that you can sail a submarine up the Arkansas River, which is where Tulsa, Oklahoma is, and park it as a museum attraction. I know this because I'm from t from Tulsa area. And he just happened to mention it, so it stuck out. But America's ri river systems, America's port systems, are insane to pretty much everywhere in the rest of the world. We have so many good ports that we will not use, that we have, we have good ports that we will never use. The number of good ports that we will never use outnumbers most countries' available good ports, most continents' available good ports. So America's water system, perfect. America's land, Perfect. We have the Great Plains for wheat production. We have an abundance of oil, abundance of forests, abundance of pretty much everything. America's just abundant. We also have the perfect defensive line. We have a weak ally ab above us and a weak ally below us, which basically makes it so that way we are a functioning naval power, and if any of our enemies wants to touch us, they have to get through our navy, which is so ridiculously overpowered that the world's second largest air force is the American Navy. So we have super hard borders. We have super easy transportation throughout the entire country due to our waterways and just easy passes through the mountains and interstate highways. So America's geography is just perfect. Then our neighbors. I already touched on this a little bit, but Mexico sucks. Not that Mexicans suck. Mexico terrain sucks. It's all high desert, mountainous, tropical suckiness and to get to america to get to the heartland of america you have to cross some of the most hostile desert and then canada's geography sucks too canada has similar geography to america but it's all sectioned off um it is so much easier for canadians to trade southward than it is to trade east and westward alberta canada has major terrain blockages from trading with its neighbors. Same with Quebec, same with all of the others. There are hard boundaries cutting off each section of Canada from e each other section. So they have easy transport down into America, but hard boundaries internally, which is the opposite of what you want. So America's only two neighbors are weak, are weak ge geographically, which makes them weak militarily. And there's a video on YouTube that's um, titled something along the lines of America is on easy mode, and that's Basically what that whole section that I've been ranting about talks about. It's like, America doesn't have to worry about hardly anything because our terrain is perfect. And the American culture, the American government, made industrialization easy. Whereas pretty much every other country has had to force industrialization, America was so big and so open and so decentralized that industrialization just happened as a natural side effect of commerce. Like, oh, I would like... Trade to be easier. Let's build a train. Whereas Germany was like, 
we have to build a train because we have to be able to transport troops from the West Front to the East Front super fast because we're surrounded by enemies on all sides at all times. And this was before World War, before the World Wars. Um, so American industrialized better than any other nation because it was perfect for it. And because America is essentially a functioning island, just a really, really big island, they were perfect for sailing better than the British were. And that's what led to the rise of the American might. The American government and culture was great. The American terrain was perfect. It would have been almost impossible for America not to rise to a giant superpower. And then World War II happened, and everyone basically obliterated everybody, leaving America with the only power left. So America had all of the cards in hand, and everyone knew it when it came to negotiations. Fortunately, for the rest of the world, America wasn't interested in imperialism. Americans have always been pretty much isolationist. So Americans weren't interested in, in imperialism, so they made a deal. Russia was beginning to be a problem, or more accurately, the USSR was beginning to be a bit of a problem. So America bribed the rest of the world and said, we will police the oceans. You do not have to ha maintain your power. You don't, well, actually, they didn't have any boats because everything was destroyed. You do not have to rebuild your navies to gain access to the global market. That's why imperialism existed. If you wanted to be able, if England wanted spices, they had to have colonies and shipping routes and it had to be all done in-house because, and protected by the royal fleet. Because if they didn't, then France or just pirates would steal everything and then they wouldn't get their goods. So imperialism was just a way to make sure that your citizens had access to the goods that made life a little nicer. And no, I'm not justifying imperialism. I'm just stating that that was the reason. Um, everyone, no one had boats anymore because they'd all gotten destroyed. America bribed pretty much all of Europe to be like, you know, we really don't like the USSR. So we, with our boats, will protect trade for everybody. So that way everybody can have access to everything. And we just ask one little teeny tiny thing that you be our ally against the USSR. And the rest of the world jumped on this like crazy because it was a really good deal. They were like, wait, we don't have to build expensive fleets to protect our goods? You'll do that for us? Sounds great to us. Especially when we were thinking that you were going to come in and demand that we be your essentially colonies because you're the only one with any power. So the rest of the world jumped on this and this is how we got the modern era because globalization made a whole lot of things possible that weren't possible before. The Because the modern world is a world of abundance and security. And it is 100% thanks to and dependent on America. Especially after America forced pretty much all of Europe to de-imperialize through benevolence and force. They were like, ah, you don't need to worry about building ships. We got you covered. And then when some of the nations were like, eh, we're going to still try and maintain our imperialist colonies, America was like, well, no, you're not. Granted, it was a little more complicated than that, but that's essentially what happened. So America became the police force of the world and made globalization possible, made the modern world possible. 
there's only one teeny itsy bitsy little problem. And that is, America doesn't care anymore. America does not need the global interests because the USSR isn't a thing anymore. So the security threat is over. And America has never really needed the economic interest. America policing, America policing the Middle East, doing all those wars in the Middle East, had nothing to do with American oil. It had a little bit to do with it. But it predominantly was to secure the oil needs of their allies in Europe. So there's no security threat anymore. There's no economic need for it anymore. So America isn't just pulling out. It has already pulled out. Globalization is, is basically just running off of fumes. It is uh, momentum. That's the word I was looking for. It's running off of momentum. The only reason that globalization is still in effect is because no one has started causing too much chaos. And what happens when globalization stops? Well, for instance, we'll use China as an example. Pretty much that makes everything in China's economic system work is import dependent. They import food, they import raw materials, they import everything, and then they export goods. In a world where America is no longer policing the oceans, once free trade breaks down, which it will, China is going to be screwed. A, another example of America no longer being interested in policing the world, which was a prediction in his book, but Russia will invade Ukraine by 2022 because America will be pulling out, which it already did, and for various reasons, which I will definitely be doing in part two, so we'll talk about that in the next episode, Russia needs to invade Ukraine. So the world is going to get a little more hectic. So if your business because this is still the finance season, if your business relies on the global free trade, you might be running into issues. And we're going to talk about more about this subject in the next ep episode. We're going to talk about demographics in the next episode as well, because the demographic business deck... I can't talk. The demographics have changed. There won't be f cheap money. There won't be cheap labor. Things are changing in the business world. So we're going to talk about that in the next episode as well. So I guess stick around or... I guess I'll see you guys next week for part two.